Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Friday, December 1st, 2023. The holidays are, we're kind of in the midst of the holidays. I was going to say they're around the corner. Thanksgiving just happened. I feel like that's the start of the holidays. But uh, Hanukkah starting up in uh, just over a week. Christmas right around the corner, a couple of weeks away. And um, it's officially December. I think now is the appropriate time. Christmas music, put up the tree, all of that. That's how I am personally. But, um, yeah, it's the holiday season, and uh, we're here to give you a gift. And it's everything that's happened this week and everything that's happening this weekend. And we're going to continue to give that gift over and over and over again week by week. But the biggest gift that we're giving you today is that Luke has a new camera. He is no longer grainy he is no longer out of sync with what he's saying all of that is out the window and he honestly his camera's way better than mine (laughs) you think so yeah you look insane like the high it's high quality man it is crazy heck yeah well I'm, i'm glad i could bring it to you guys but uh yeah this is just the first of many gifts this holiday season fantastic um not much of a gift, but there is a warrant out for Von Miller's arrest right now. Ryan Shazier <laughs> cheated on his wife, apparently. There's a whole bunch of madness going down in the world of sports right now. We're not really going to get in depth on those two situations, but that's just, you know, two of the big things going on. But outside of that, we're talking NFL Week 13 preview. We're talking 2023's top five first baseman. Then we're going to get into the Premier League weekend. UCL match day five recap. A lot of teams qualified for the knockout stage. A lot of teams definitely not qualifying for the knockout stage. And then uh, we'll round it out with questions time. Luke, anything before we get into NFL Week Thirteen? I'm I'm just excited to give our top five list, man. Yeah, First positional basement. rankings have become a very fun thing on this podcast. Yeah, they have. Um... But yeah, we get to get into our top five first baseman. I'm excited about that. Um, match day five, we got to talk about Galatasaray versus Manchester United. That was insane. Um, yeah, couldn't have been more wrong about Onana. But yeah, I'm just ready to jump into it. It's going to yeah. be exciting. Well, let's get let's not get ahead of ourselves. We'll start in the NFL where there's a bunch of games going on. Not quite as many as last week because we've got six teams on by. But NFL week 13 starts off. With Colts versus Titans, a stinker. This is a yeah, horrible good. matchup. Yeah, both teams coming off of a win, though. Uh, Indianapolis, a tough win over Tampa, and the Titans uh, shouldn't have been, but a tough win over the Panthers. Um, yeah, I mean, this this game is just going to suck. <laughs> it is. like, And, like, this is one of those games where neither team has the ability to dominate. Yeah, <laughs> like there, there is a yeah. world where the Colts just kind of run away with this because the Titans really just are not good. But like, I don't see the Titans just getting left in the dust by this Colts offense. I don't think that's going to be the case. It's either going to be super high scoring or super low scoring. And either way, it's going to be very close. Yeah, but I mean... Great running back matchup, though. Um, you know, especially with Derrick Henry coming off of a much better game against the Panthers. He finished with 18 carries, 76 yards, and two touchdowns, which was, like I said, a lot better than what he's been the past uh, couple weeks. Um, 
And then Jonathan Taylor, also coming off of a two-touchdown game, except 91 yards and less carries. So that's going to be probably the most fun thing about this game. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's really all I have to say. I, I'm taking the Colts 17-6. to Yeah, I, I'm going to stick with the Colts as well. Uh, I'm going to take them 20, 23-20. Weird final score, but that's how I'm going. Uh, but the next game, also not a great one. Possibly worse. Chargers versus Patriots. The Chargers are just like I don't even know what to the I don't even know what to call them right now. Like they've lost their last three. Granted, teams like you know other than the Packers' loss, losing to the Lions, losing to the Ravens, probably expected. Packers' loss was tough, and it made them look really bad. The Ravens, though, just made them look useless. Like, this offense was entirely dead. Herbert only passed for 217. Austin Eckler still sucks. 10 carries, 32 yards. Luckily, they had Keenan Allen do something, but overall, just a horrible showing by the Chargers. And honestly, like, they're lucky they're coming up against the Patriots right now. Yeah, and, and I think after this game, I'm kind of in a weird boat with Justin Herbert at the moment. Um, definitely their franchise quarterback. Uh, yeah. you, you don't get rid of this guy. He's solid. But we, I, I just feel like he, he always ends up on my feed, you know, like doing something cool or, you know, people are hyping him up, and I just I, I don't get it anymore. Um, <laughs> it, there have been so many games this season that have come down to him, and I, I there was a – ESPN was talking about it or something like that. And he made the point where like some of their losses have come down to Herbert and he hasn't even been good enough to like make it come down to anybody else. Like they haven't missed like any field goals to try to tie the game and, you know, last second um, opportunities. It just always comes down to like a three and out from Herbert, I feel like. And um, yeah, so like I said, pump the brakes on Herbert, but he's definitely your franchise quarterback. Um, yeah, I just I don't know how to feel about him anymore. Yeah, like I still think he's a great quarterback. I think he's uh, probably a top ten quarterback right now. But like the guys around him certainly aren't helping. The offensive line definitely isn't helping. The fact that Austin Eckler is entirely useless in the run game doesn't help at all. Because like when when Justin Herbert has been successful, it's when Austin Eckler can run the ball or anybody can run the ball for that matter on that team. But that's just how most quarterbacks are. Like, Justin Herbert's not the best quarterback in the league. I don't think he has the ability to just make things happen regardless of the situation. I think he's also just young, and that's kind of that kind of comes with it. But, like, the quarterbacks that we talk about at the top have the ability to make the game about them, and I don't think Herbert does. Yeah, that's that's fair. Like, the game plan runs through other guys. The game plan doesn't necessarily run through Justin Herbert. It just is forced into him. Yeah, that is true. But, I mean, maybe with, you know, a couple years now, you would expect that it would come to him. Maybe. And And that could also come come down to coaching. Brandon Staley, I still think, is is the the root of all of their issues. So, I'm I'm definitely going to – I would die on that hill. But for the Patriots, like, what is there to talk about, dude? Mac Jones sucks. Uh, Bailey Zappi's probably going to get a couple drives out in this game. Um, Ramondre Stevenson might do something. (laughs) 
He he's had a past yeah couple good weeks. Yeah, um, the past couple weeks, a couple good weeks. The past couple weeks, nice. Yeah, he's been the the <laughs> silver lining to what has been some atrocious football by the Patriots. Yeah. Um. My my favorite quote to come out of the uh, the Giants and Patriots game was uh, Jabril Peppers walked up to Saquon Barkley after the game and said, "You lucky we ass." Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, it's crazy that players that are coached by Bill Belichick are saying that. <laughs> it is, and it's just crazy Honestly. to see a, a Bill Belichick coach team be two and nine. Yeah, I mean it's horrible. Yeah, horrible. I'm starting to um, think Belichick's just done after this year. Yeah, I mean, in, like in they, a way, it would kind of be cool to see him go back to the playoffs, but I honestly don't even know if he has enough time. Yeah, I think just in general, like. It's going to take some years. Now, this franchise is in a bad spot right now, or at least just the team. You know, the oh, franchise yeah. is fine, but the, the team itself, like the players they have, obviously injuries hurt, but like injuries don't hurt your starting quarterback that hasn't gotten hurt and your running back duo that has well underperformed the expectation. Of course, Kendrick Bourne goes out, you know, for the rest of the season with the ACL injury, but. There's other guys on that team that can catch passes. On the defensive side, there's guys with, you know, a pretty high standard for how they play. Once again, Matthew Judon's been out. That's a big thing. But, you know, it, it just it just doesn't seem like anything was coming together even when these guys were all on the field. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. And, I mean, even looking at the quarterback play, um, more specifically, like, the, the fact that their second string is guaranteed to throw like around 15 passes a game is horrible. Like yeah. they, they don't even have a starting quarterback right now. They like, no. I, I don't even know what they do. Do they just, do they let Matt go until it gets bad? Or do they have Bailey Zappi come in every second half of the game? I, I don't understand. They just, they give, um, they put like a cap on max interceptions. And as soon as he hits two, they bring in Zappi and then Zappi throws one. And then they bring Mac back in the game. Oh, God, dude. It's, <laughs> it's bad, dude. They're dysfunctional horrible. at the moment. Uh, but let's get a final score prediction. I'm going to go Chargers 24, Patriots 7. I'm going to go 21 to 7, Chargers. Okay. Uh, next game, though, might be pretty good. Lions, Saints. And Ooh. typically I'd say that the Lions would just stomp the Saints. And I'm not – this isn't even about the Saints – playing good football right now because they're not. They just lost to the Falcons, and they only scored field goals. But my thing is with Jared Goff. Like, are, are the turnovers a problem, or was it just two bad weeks in a row? I, I don't know. I, I think um, I think it was two bad weeks in a row, but um, Jared Goff turning the ball over is um, – it kind of like found the blueprint, I think, for the Lions, like their wins. If Jared Goff doesn't turn the ball over, they probably are going to win the game. Yeah, yeah, I think um, so. And yeah, and with what you've pointed out, like, yeah, the turnovers have been a problem. Do I think it's something that's going to persist, though? Like, absolutely not. Um, Jared Goff's a professional. He'll figure it out. And yeah, I mean, now... It doesn't really help you, but like I guess as a viewer, if you, we can see that if Jared Goff doesn't turn the ball over, the Lions will probably win the game. Yeah, for sure. But with the Saints, like this offense is just kind of always primed to just, you know, explode. It just seems like they have it. You know, like obviously last week you had Chris Olave 
go leave the game with a concussion. I think he's already cleared protocol and he's limited in practice this week. Yeah, it looks like, um, yeah, he he had a limited practice uh, on Wednesday, so that's good news. Um, but Marshawn Lattimore now goes to the IR. That really hurts that defense. Um, and then, of oh, yeah. course, Michael Thomas has been on the IR uh, for about a week now. It's uh, it's not great right now for the Saints, but they still have guys on the offense that can do stuff. Like Derek Carr can have a good game. Alvin Kamara, of course, has the ability to go off any week he wants. So I don't, we'll have to see. I, I think good game doesn't mean the Saints are going to like you know look like they're going to win at any point. But it could just, you know, be kind of close. Yeah, I don't know. This Saints team is kind of weird because I, I actually watched the Falcons Saints game um, on Sunday, and the Saints were, I mean, they were able to move the ball. Like, kind of just looking at the box score here, like they had players that did really well. Um, Alvin Kamara had a good game. Derek Carr had a good game minus the pick, and Chris Olave was tearing them up before he got taken out of the third quarter. But. Um, yeah, they, they just weren't able to get into the end zone, and then that Jesse Bates pick six was ridiculous on top of the fact that he had, like, 12 total tackles as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, ridiculous game for Jesse Bates. Um, yeah, I mean, I, the Saints aren't going to win this game. I'm just kind of talking about how well they played against the Falcons. Um, I, I'm going to take Detroit 24-17. Oh, okay. I was thinking something a little more high scoring. Um I'm gonna go Detroit thirty one, Saints twenty one. Uh all right, next game. Falcons, Jets. And okay. Preface. Obviously, the Jets suck. But the defense is still concerning to me. Considering Desmond Ritter is our quarterback. <laughs> I have to bring that up. It's the return. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we suck on the road this year. It is bad. Uh, one and yeah. four on the road. And in that horrible stadium, there's no telling who's going to get a career-ending injury um, on that ground. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think, I think we're going to win, but, like, it's – it's going to be a sloppy one. And, like, it just comes down to, like, the Falcons' defense just getting the Jets' offense off the field quickly and just forcing that Jets' defense to just have to give up points, essentially. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, there were definitely points in the Saints game where Desmond Ritter looked fine, in my opinion. Yeah. He had a, he had a couple good passes. Um. It's just, you know, he's going against a much, much more serious defense this time. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, is Tim Boyle quarterback for the Jets, or we got Zach Wilson? We might have Trevor Simeon. I don't even know, dude. I really Dang. don't. There, there's so many people hurt this year. I think it's Tim Boyle. So many injuries. Unfortunately. <laughs> okay, we well, to watch that. he played last week. Yeah, um, sucked. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I think the Falcons are going to win, especially if the Jets continue to just not run the football. Um, and I, I don't know. I think with 
you know, if the Jets pass the ball 38 times and they throw two picks against the Dolphins, I think we could see one or two picks against the Falcons. So I, I'm going to take Atlanta um, 17-13. All right. Uh, I'm going to take the Falcons 17-6. to That's what nice. I'm thinking. Um, all right, next game, Cardinals-Steelers. Um, a historic matchup. Um, you know, a couple years ago, big game. But now, not so good of a matchup. <laughs> to be honest. Not at all. Hey, Kenny Pickett, 2,000 yards this season on the dot. Does he really have 2,000 yards? Yep. Wow. Um, well, uh, I guess on you know the Steelers' side, first game without Matt Canada, um, Kenny Pickett looked okay. I mean, still no touchdowns. He threw for almost 300 yards. Um, we finally had a 400-yard game for the first time in like 50-something games. Um, Najee looked good. Jalen Warren also looked good. Um Pat Fryermuth had a monster first game back, or second game. I can't remember if he played last game. But um, Pat Fryermuth looked good. The defense looked good. Um, and, yeah, you would expect the Steelers to be, you know, beat Jake Browning. But with, uh, with the result the week before against uh, Cleveland, I wasn't too sure what the hell was going to happen. Um, yeah, Cincinnati only rushed the ball 11 times. Kind of strange there. Only 25 yards rushing. <laughs> Uh, and Jamar was pretty limited. Only four receptions, 81 yards. One of them was with the mouthpiece in. I mean, I, you know, really couldn't make me hate him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and I already do. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of my rundown of the Steelers. I, I don't know how to feel yet. You know, we, we had a much better game offensively. Like I said, Kenny Pickett, almost 300 yards. Um, 400 yards total offense, but still only 16 points. If they would have scored a touchdown kick to PAT, they would have won. Yeah. So, I, I you know, I, I guess it's just more of like a morale thing right now. I But I don't know how to feel about our offense just yet. Yeah, I feel like with this Steelers team, like even though they have seven, like they're seven and four, I think they're just kind of taking their wins where they can take them. Like, get your win, get out of there. Like, it, maybe it's not going to be pretty. Um, but I think they're going to take whatever yeah. they can get. This is a game where you could certainly get a win pretty – I'm not going to say easily because there's no telling what Kyler Murray can do. But I think just overall, like, the Steelers have the upper hand significantly in this matchup. Yeah, and just to throw some more Steelers stats at you that I've saved on my Instagram from over the week, uh, there are 33 qualified quarterbacks this season, Grayson. Only one of them has committed fewer than five turnovers, and his name is Kenny Pickett. How about that? Look at that. Um, sets fran- he also set the franchise record for consecutive pass attempts without an interception uh, against the Bengals as well. And then a little, like, kind of like a low-key shout-out, but a Landon Roberts, that middle linebacker who we picked up from Miami in a free agency last year, he has a 14.4 run stop percentage this season. That's actually first in the NFL at middle linebacker. Not bad. Yeah, so just a couple of uh, hot stats to throw at you. And then on the Cardinals side, um, their, their luck kind of finally ran out here. They they hit a just a massive brick wall, and that brick wall's name was Kyron Williams. Yeah. 
Holy shit. <laughs> um, was he invisible? Was he? Did he have oil on? They Maybe. couldn't stop the guy. He could have had Vaseline They could not on. stop him. That could have been the case. Little Adama Traore tactic right there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, look, the Cardinals are just, like, so bad. It's hard to, like, even put them in consideration to win a football game. And I know they won two of them. Uh, it's better than the Panthers, but... Ooh, I don't know, man. Um, final score... Ugh, I don't like this. Um, Steelers 14, Cardinals 6. I'm going to go... Um... Again, I'm going to predict the Steelers to actually win two scores this time because I think the last time I did was against the Packers, maybe, and that ended up not being a two-score game. So I'm going to go Steelers 21, Arizona 10. No. <laughs> Steelers Dude, it's just three touchdowns. Come on. It's not yeah, that it's It not is that just three touchdowns. <laughs> you should maybe tell your guys that. <laughs> um, all right. Next game, though. <laughs> Dolphins commanders, and I think this game is going to be comically bad. Like, the Dolphins are going to beat the shit out of the commanders. Dude, Sam Howell. Yeah, he's going to throw more picks. Tied for the league lead with Josh Allen. 13. Is he actually? Yeah. Wow. Okay, well, um, yeah, they're, the, the commanders have just fallen off, really. Um, it's bad. I feel like, yeah, you and I, well, maybe maybe not so much you, but definitely, you know, I, I was very high on the Commanders for a couple weeks there. Um, but after Thanksgiving, I, I mean, like that, the way that the Cowboys played against the Commanders on Thanksgiving, I, I think I may have told you or some other people, but like, that was like perfect football. Like that was, you couldn't have played football any better, yeah. defensively and offensively. It was fun to watch. Um, Sam Howell still had a 300-yard game, though. Um against the Cowboys, as he always will do somehow. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to feel about this game, really, because I, I think that there's a slight chance that Sam Howell could keep up with the Dolphins, but that's like if everything goes right. And really, my only, you know, um, my only evidence to support that would be Sam Howell versus the Eagles. Yeah. But that's also a rivalry game. True. Um yeah, I, I don't. It's so hard to like trying to defend the commanders at all here. Um, yeah, like there's not much to say. Like the Dolphins are just so much better offensively, defensively that the commanders have no chance. I'm sure Sam Howell will throw like a long touchdown to somebody who probably shouldn't even be like getting targets, and then you know Jalen Ramsey will probably <laughs> pick him off twice. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go. Dolphins Dolphins 28 Commanders 14 Okay, I'm going to go Dolphins 35 Commanders 24 Okay Let's move on to the next game The final game of the 1 o'clock slate Broncos-Texans And I love this matchup Like there is not This is the perfect time of the season For these two to match up Both teams are 6-5 and five. The Broncos have been squeezing out late wins left and right. The Texans did lose last week, but prior to that, some big clutch time wins over the Buccaneers and the Bengals. This is like 
a perfect time for these teams to match up. And not to mention you have like this veteran head coach, veteran quarterback versus rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, but they're both kind of they find themselves in the same position. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I like that analogy there. That I didn't really th- think of that whenever I saw this game. Um <clears throat> Russ is cooking, man. He is. He's finally settled in. I, I don't know if he's worth all the money that they gave him and then yeah. all the money that they extended to him. But um, he looks damn good. Um, just a like a winning quarterback is really the best way that I could put it for Russell Wilson these past couple weeks. And then on the other side, um, the Texans are just cra- – it, it is Broncos Texans, right? Not Jaguars? Yeah, yeah Broncos Texans. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, CJ Stroud finally had a week where he didn't throw a pick. I think he had uh, picks the last couple games, but he uh, had none this time. Um, yeah, I, I, I really don't know how this game can go. Same record. Just the, And like you said, they find themselves in very similar spots when they meet here. It's going to be yeah. a good one. Very underrated. Yeah, I think I'm going to take the Texans just because the Broncos offense, like, it just seems like they make so many mistakes. And it's not even like turnover mistakes or like Russ making bad passes. It's like drops or like bad route running, you know, not making the right decision in the backfield by the running back. And it's like those kind of mistakes. And it really bothers me whenever I watch them. And like I know they've been able to squeeze some out. I just think the Texans are running such a great offense right now that they're just going to kind of run away from them early in the game, and it'll be too much for the Broncos to catch up. So I'm going to go Texans 28, Broncos 24. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm also going to ride with the Texans here, but it's all down if they can figure out the run game. Last week they they found themselves kind of down pretty early on in the game. Um and they, I guess they, you know, fell into the trap of kind of letting C.J. Stroud try to work his way back into the game. And, you know, in doing that, they only gave Devin Singletary six carries and Damon Pierce five carries. Yeah. Um, and they ended up rushing for more yards than Jacksonville did. Jacksonville rushed the ball 30 times for 81 yards. Uh, Houston ran it 81 or 81, 18 times. I'm, I'm actually dyslexic. <laughs> 18 times for 91 yards. So... You know, they're averaging more yards per carry. They just got to get get ahead early into the game, um, you know, to be able to run the ball more. So I'm going to take Houston um, 24 to 17. Okay. Let's get into yeah. the floor clock slate. And uh, we'll start off with the, the uh, my waste of the floor clock multi-view game of the week, Panthers-Buccaneers. <laughs> this game stinks. The Buccaneers Yeah, but the Buccaneers suck. are going to kill them. <laughs> Are they really going to kill them, though? Because they cannot put up points. It doesn't matter who they're playing, unless it was the Texans. I, somehow. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I don't know, a little, little NFC South matchup here. Yeah, that's how you know it's bad, uh, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, yeah, I hate this. Like, Mike Evans maybe has a good game. Chris Godwin maybe has a good game. Same for Rashad White. Mm-hmm. Um, but there won't be two. Two people on the Bucks cannot have a good game at the same time. Maybe it's Kate Otten's week again. Um, and yeah. then obviously zero players on the Panthers will have a good week. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I think Rashad White's kind of my difference maker here. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think the Buccaneers could actually kind of show out against the Panthers. I, I really do. I think they match up against them well. Um, just to go ahead and get this one out of the way, I'm going to go ahead and predict a score. Uh, Buccaneers 24, Panthers 10. Okay. Uh, oh, Buccaneers tw- Yeah, Buccaneers 20, Panthers 7. No, 6. Two field goals. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. Twenty to six. Um. All right. Next game. Oh, Browns. Rams. I think this one sneaky good. Despite the injuries for the Browns, the Rams look so much better on offense with Kyron Williams back. Um. Last week he had a fucking barn burner. It was <laughs> ridiculous how well he played against the Cardinals last week. Um, what it was, uh, okay. Yeah. 16 carries for 143 yards. And then he had six receptions for 61 yards and two receiving touchdowns. Mm. Like you don't even need Cooper cup and Puka. (laughs) You just need Kyron Williams and Matthew Stafford to link up and Tyler Higby who scored two touchdowns in that game. But like this offense is awesome, but. On the other side, likely the starting quarterback for the Browns is going to be notable elite quarterback Joe Flacco. Got to watch out for Joe Flacco. Uh, He's coming back to the AFC North. Yeah, and you know he loves to just throw the ball downfield and draw a pass interference. Oh, yeah. He's so good at that. They never catch it. (laughs) Never catch the ball. It's really, yeah. <laughs> it's arguable if the balls are ever actually catchable. But he draws pass interferences so well. Uh, but DTRs um, and concussion protocol didn't practice on Wednesday, so uh, Flacco's been taking number one snaps. Got a feeling he'll start this game. Um, yeah, it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird is the best way to describe it. Like, the Browns' defense is great. Um so I'm sure they'll give the Rams a little bit of a fit there, but I see this one being like a hard nose, just running duel uh, between yeah. these two um, teams. And I think it's going to be low scoring, but so fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm just excited for Flacco, man. Coming back, suiting up for the Browns. It's kind of funny that, I don't know. I just love the fact that he's in Cleveland out of anywhere. Yeah. I love the fact that he stayed in the AFC North because um, it just it brings me happiness to know that the Ravens might actually have to play him again. That's true. Um, it does would be absolutely hilarious. Yeah, it felt wrong when he was wearing a Jets jersey. Yeah, yeah, it did. And I mean, this is going to probably feel even more wrong, especially for me. Oh but yeah, oh yeah. All so right at the same time. The pictures of him uh, in practice look fake. <laughs> he doesn't look. He doesn't look like a real person in a Browns jersey. He looks like Joe Flacco, man. they put his head on a guy in a Browns like practice jersey. Oh, uh, he's dang that number fifteen. You got to give Flacco twelve. Come on, yeah. Flacco's always number twelve. <laughs> Wait, who wears number twelve? Doesn't like Amari Cooper wear number twelve for them or something? Something like is it? No, I think Amari Cooper is a single digit. I think he's like nine. He could be. 
or something like that. Yeah, I don't know who. Oh, fuck. Now I've got to figure this out. <laughs> who is number 12 on the Browns? Um, Michael Woods the second. Oh. Yeah. They he definitely could have got twelve. Uh, well, I yeah. think he knows his yeah. time there's limited, so it didn't really matter what number they gave him. But it's um, true. Score prediction for this game. Um. Damn, I'm gonna go twenty to seventeen, Cleveland. Okay, I'm gonna go twenty to seventeen Rams. All right. So if it's 20 to 17, one of us is right. Yeah. <laughs> one of us is right. Yeah. But then again, when do we ever get these predictions? Not only just like right by the team, I don't think we've ever gotten the score right. No. I, <laughs> but then again, I forget I, my prediction every single time. I never keep track of it. I do too, but there are some times where I will be like, you know, su- Sunday foot or, you know, it's football on Sunday. Yeah. I'm sitting there watching it and I'm like, damn, I am way off yeah i will say <laughs> from the podcast you know hand up i went back on one of my predictions um so we did the the episode that went out on black friday we recorded that on wednesday and then we recorded the the monday episode on sunday night and we were making a pick for monday night football and i just switched my pick oh wow yeah i switched from vikings to bears cuz me and Colin were just like fuck it maybe the bears could win <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of worked out. Oh man. Um well nice. But let's move on to the uh the next game in the four o'clock slate, the last game in the four o'clock slate, an NFC championship game rematch, 49ers versus Eagles. And I like this is one of those where like even as a fan, I'm circling this one on the calendar. Like this is the one you oh, want to yeah. watch. I've been waiting all year for this. It's a great time for it. The Eagles are they're the best team. Okay, I'm not saying that because a couple weeks ago I said there's no best team in the NFL. They have the best record in the NFL right now. But, like, they're not playing, like, dominant football. They're kind of, I'm going to be honest, they're kind of pulling the Vikings of last year right now. Just, well, like, just winning, winning coin games. toss games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that That's a good point. Um, yeah, that you know, I like I like what you brought up there because the the 49ers like when they win it just feels like oh my god like why did yeah. the other team even show up but like Philly they they like to they're like a cat they like to keep their their prey alive <laughs> until they you know I dude that Bills Eagles game was so scripted I, I'm convinced <laughs> go back and watch the Jalen Hurts touchdown in overtime to win the game Micah Hyde Pro Bowl safety literally just <laughs> didn't tackle <laughs> yeah didn't tackle yeah. I, I i don't know how to put it um i don't know how to put it but like that that eagles bills game was ridiculous though that was an awesome football game it was um really really enjoyed that the thing about like this game and maybe i'm falling for vegas right here but like the 49ers a three-point favorite on the road that really makes me think the 49ers are going to win. Like, that really get like, three-point favorite on the road is fine, but it's against the team with the best record in the NFL, and they also happen to be playing in Philly. Like, 
that speaks volumes to that line for the 49ers. Yeah, yeah. Um, Christian McCaffrey's playing like he could probably win MVP. That I mean, that Thanksgiving primetime game was ridiculous on, on his end. Um, yeah, I, I really – I don't know how this one can go. Do you think there's a chance that the 49ers just hold the Eagles to like one or two scores and blow them out? I don't know about blow them out. Just because the offense hasn't like – like I know it looked good last week, but like Brock Purdy did not look good last week. Obviously McCaffrey just did the heavy lifting there, but like I don't know if they'll blow them out, but – if they can hold the Eagles like 14 points, they'll win. Or like even 17 points, the 49ers will win. And I think they can. Yeah, that's fair. So I'm going to kind of just that's piggyback fair. off I'm of that. Uh, I'm going to take the 49ers uh, 24-17. 24-17. I'm going to take uh, the 49ers 28-21. Okay. Sounds good. Let's get into uh, Sunday yep. Night Football then. Chiefs-Packers. A rematch of Jordan Love's first career start from back in 2020. Yeah, I remember that. It was not good. No, it was not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. If only Aaron Rodgers got to play in that game. That would have been nice uh, for the Packers. But, um, yeah, like, the Packers are playing pretty good football right now. I'll give them that. Chargers win. Obviously, the Lions win was huge. Does it hold up against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes? I don't think so. And maybe if I just keep saying they're not going to win, they'll keep winning. Um, but like it just doesn't feel like they can beat the Chiefs. Yeah, no, the Packers. Um, fuck the Packers for what they've done to me the last couple weeks in my predictions. They they've just shat on them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And this is why I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm Like you kind of did last game, I'm going to piggyback off of what I just said. The Raiders did, they were like 14 up against the Chiefs at one point in that game, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And the Packers are looking, they're looking sketchy to play against right now. They, I mean, they really are. If Jordan Love can give you three touchdowns, no picks, you know, that, that there's 21 right there. All you need now is your running backs that, you know, are good. They just haven't been good this season to show up. Um, but I think Aaron Jones is probably done for, is it the rest of the season or? I don't think it's the rest of the season, but he's definitely out for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, honestly, I think this is like, this is the most beatable chiefs team with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Like that, this is definitely by far, you know, looking at the past years, like, easily the most beatable version of this Chiefs team. And, yeah, the Packers have a chance. Maybe they have a lead at some point in this game. I I just can't count out Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey's connection. Like that – No. It's, it's no. so hard to do that. Especially if you get 100 yards out of Rasheed Rice on top yeah. of what Travis Kelsey can do. That's going to be hard to beat. Yeah. Really, so, really hard to me. I'm going to take the Chiefs. It's going to be a narrow margin. Um, the, somehow, the Chiefs are favored by six. I don't know about that one. But I'm going to go Chiefs yeah, Chiefs 24, Packers 20. I was literally going to go that same exact yeah. score. 
feels right to me. Yep. It does. All right. Well, let's talk about Monday Night Football. Would have been a hell of a game if Joe Burrow was playing. Unfortunately, he's not. <laughs> and uh, so now we get to watch Jake Browning uh, take on the Jaguars. Yep. That sucks. Um, <laughs> it, it does suck. But, you know, just to kind of make this game a little bit more interesting is I the Texans are still kind of on the heel of the Jaguars. So the Jaguars really can't afford to slip up. I know they're eight and three and Houston six and five, but there there's still enough season left for that to flip, honestly. And I, I really like hot take. I could see it happening. Yeah. Definitely. I mean the Texans definitely have the talent there and the Jaguars have, you know, they've had sketchy games this year where they probably should have won or should have won by more. Um I I don't know. I, I, I think Cleveland or not Cleveland, I think Cincinnati could kind of make this into a trap game. They still have weapons. Yeah, definitely. Um, it just, uh, I, I think really the difference is going to be you have to run the ball more than 11 times, no matter how bad Joe Mixon's playing. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> you, you can't give Joe Mixon only eight carries and have your quarterback get three. So um, I, I think the Jaguars will probably win, but the Bengals could make it interesting if the Jaguars don't come out and show. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think, you know, the Jags just have so many offensive weapons, you know, they're definitely heating up right now that it's going to be real hard for this Bengals team with how weak the offense is with Jake Browning just to even keep up, you know, despite whatever happens on defense for either side, just offensively, there's no way this Bengals team catches up with the Jags. Um, And I think that's just how it's going to be. Like, maybe the Bengals will put up some points in this game, a little bit better than this they did against the Steelers, just you know because of the defenses of the matchup. But I do feel like the Jags just kind of are going to outrun them a little bit. Like, and by the end of it, it'll probably look like a little bit of a domination. Um, so I'm going to go Jags. Yeah, Jags twenty eight, Bengals seventeen. Um, I'm going to go. Jacksonville 24, Bengals 21. Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's talk about Thursday night football. Um, It's going on in a couple of hours from right now. Seahawks, Cowboys. Not much to, like, break down here because you're already going to know exactly what happened, but – Cowboys are just rolling right now, man, especially at home. Especially Dak Prescott. Yeah. Um, yeah, I you know, every Seahawks game that I've caught this year has been one of the ones where they've scored like 13 points. I, I have not watched a game where they have scored a lot of points um, yet. And I just kind of think um, – I think the Seahawks team is on a on a little bit of a decline. Um, if they make the playoffs, they'll be crawling into the playoffs. I think. Yeah. Um, and, and they're catching Dallas like at probably <laughs> top top one worst times to play against the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Um, but I mean, hey, at least tonight we're gonna see probably like the most perfect offense and defense we've ever seen because it's the Cowboys versus a mediocre team. That's, That's true. kind of my two cents on this game. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm sure Dak probably throws for a couple touchdowns. I'm sure, you know, Tony Pollard's been heating up. Maybe he runs in a touchdown himself. 
yep. you know, we'll see. That would help me out in fantasy a whole lot. Um, but <laughs> uh, you know, I'm trying to beat Colin, so this is a big deal this week. Um, oh yeah. Trust me. Depending on how that goes, you will see. Ex- we don't even have to say how it goes. You'll see on the Monday episode how it's going. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Dallas, I got a feeling they're going to dominate. So, um, yeah, uh, Dallas Cowboys won last night's game, uh, uh, 28 to 10. Deron Bland pick six. (laughs) If I just keep Uh, saying it, it's going to happen again. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I'm going to go 35 to 10 Dallas. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Tough break for the Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> a big one. Yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> but, um, anything else for, uh, NFL week 13 before we get into the MOB? Um, no, I, I think, uh, th- this week's going to be pretty good. I, 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 I like a so lot of the well. matchups this week. Yeah. It's a promising week for yep. sure, but let's get into some positional rankings it's honestly some of the most fun we've had doing the nfl one last year or at the end of you know last season super fun now we're doing it for the mlb and we're starting off in the infield we're starting off at first base we're only doing a top five list because top 10 lists are way too time consuming i'll just come out and just say that um like we we were putting in some work making those top ten position rankings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hours. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of research. This one yeah. a little bit easier. And also like with football, it's very opinion based. With baseball, like you can just look at some numbers and be like, Yeah, I like that guy more. <laughs> um Yeah. But we're doing top fives and uh mm. there's one stipulation. For each position, a player must have played at least 83 games, which, in theory, should probably be 81. Um, We'll probably go 81 going forward. But they must have played 83 (laughs) games at first base or at their position um, just because, like, I don't want to pick, like, Cody Bellinger as a first baseman when he only played 50-something games at first base. But he played majority center field. I mean, that's fair. Yeah, so that um, that's how we're doing it, just so that it's not like, you know, picking a guy that played first base for a couple of games and then somebody came back from injury and took back the spot. So let's start with number five. I'm going to let you go first, Luke. Uh, I went with Paul Goldschmidt, and for Paul Goldschmidt, I didn't even write down any stats. He is just, like, always been solid. And he was solid this year too. Had solid defensively, um, solid offensively as well. I think his um, his like averages for this season may have been kind of down uh, as far as like the rest of his career goes. But uh, I also kind of want to put Paul Goldschmidt on this list too because he is going to be a free agent uh, next free agency cycle. Yeah, and he's only like I don't know, like thirty six or something like that. So uh, as a first baseman, I feel like he still has some years left, but. Yeah, I went with uh, I went with Goldie at number five. Okay, yeah, look, with Goldie it was hard. I he didn't make my list. I'll go ahead and say that. Um, he probably was kind of like number six uh, for my list, but I just I had high expectations. He was literally the NL MVP last year. I don't think anybody really talked about that that throughout the season. 
because like his numbers were so down, but like Paul Goldschmidt's a guy that should be batting 280 plus. He batted 268. He's a guy that should be playing good defense. You said he played good defense. If you look at like overall defensive statistics, really bad year. Uh, Fangraph's okay. defense statistic had him at a negative 8.2, um, which puts him pretty close to Pete Alonso, who had a negative 10, um, which oh, kind of wow. tells the story there. But, like, great offensive season. Not going to try and take that away from him. It just wasn't good enough to me. And he was striking out at, like, a career-high rate at 23.4%. Uh, that's that's pretty bad. So, my number five, Josh Naylor of the Cleveland Guardians. I think he got heavily slept on this season. Only struck out 13.7% of the time. Um not a lot of home runs, not a power guy at all, but considering he was coming off of a gruesome leg break uh, a couple of years ago, I think it was last, like, early last, not this past season, but the season before, uh, he was coming off of that. He played so much better than I ever could have expected. He batted over 300. He batted 308. Uh, had a slugging percentage of 489. Like, this guy was so good. Big stat for me with him. WRC plus at a 128. Um, It's huge. And Josh Naylor had one hell of a season. Yeah, very underrated season. Definitely. Not a lot of people talked about Josh Naylor. Um, For my number four, I went with Yandy Diaz, the AL batting title winner. Uh, Career highs in doubles at 35, home runs with 22, RBI 78. And total bases. So uh, all around, Yanni not only was in my top five, but he had probably the best season of his entire career. Okay. Yeah. Um, For me at number four, I went with Christian Walker of the Diamondbacks. Such a great year for him. Um, Just really turned it up, man. And then, of course, being part of a, a team that went to the World Series and just overall, all season played so well. Um, he was a huge asset. 33 homers, 103 RBIs is fantastic. Um, you know, keeping a strikeout percentage under a 20 is great. Had a 480 or 497 slugging this year um, and a 3.8 uh, F war. Fantastic across the board for Christian Walker. Yeah. Um, no, I really like that. Uh, I liked it so much that I had him higher than you had him. I had him at my number three. Um, second consecutive season hitting 30 home runs, so solid there. Um, he had at least four home runs and 14 RBI in every full month of play. Wow. That's a pretty good way to help out your team right there. Um, yeah, and I mean, just solid year. 33 home runs, 103, uh, 103 RBIs. He was fantastic. Yeah, and a Big fantastic, fantastic glove as well. Played some yeah. great defense this season. Um, I think he was the NL Gold Glover at first base. Could be wrong. No, he was okay. Yeah, Gold Glove uh, in the A or in the NL. So obviously he was doing something right. And um, yeah, all around, just such a great season for him. But my number three is Yanni Diaz. Uh, we just flipped those two. So, um, yeah, look, Yanni Diaz, when you bat 330, you win the AL batting title. 
uh, you're going to get the respect you deserve. He's finally getting the respect he deserves. Um, you know, it kind of started two years ago. Then this past year was even better. Like, he is so, so good. And, like, on top of batting 330, to have an on-base percentage of 410, to walk 10% of the time, not strike out a lot, um, is huge. He does play horrible fucking defense at first base. I will say that 100%. Like, literally statistically worse than the Pete Alonzos of the world. He is... Pete Alonso's my baseline guy when it comes to bad defense at first base. Because um, nice. that guy, fucking, he couldn't scoop ice cream. Um, but Yandy Diaz having a 4.7 F4 this season is insane. Um, so, yeah, he uh, he came in at number three for me. Sorry, I have to take every opportunity to make fun of Pete Alonso. Oh, God, I'm just so hungover. <laughs> Couldn't scoop ice cream. Ooh-wee. Uh, Grayson, I love one. you, man. We have so much fun doing this <laughs> together. Um, all right, so one and two, we had the same two people. Um, I'm yeah. just going to be very yeah. mad if you let your bias yeah. take Vinny over. Pasquantino. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so at number two, I obviously took Anthony Rizzo. Um, nice. Italian stallion. Yeah, totally. No, I took Matt Olson. Yeah. Um, if you hit 54 home runs, you'll probably be in the top two at least. You should. On you my could list. normally be number one, but he's normally. not. Normally, normally he's, he's number two. Um, yeah, it just so happens that the guy who's number one is a little bit more abnormal than 54 home runs. Yeah. Um, I I don't have anything in depth on Matt Olson. Just very good defensive year at 7.4 WAR. Um, I think that's defensive WAR that I wrote down. It may have just been overall. How much? Uh, it, what? Sorry. It was seven point four. Is the I think that was just his, I think that was just baseball reference WAR in total because I'm looking at okay, fan graphs. Gotcha, gotcha. Get a six point seven F four, so that that would kind of line up. Wasn't well, that still good? Oh, six point yeah. seven F four. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say. Um, so really good defensively, um, and probably had the best season of his career. I mean, it's really only up with Matt Olson. I, I feel like we're we're not going to see him decline for a long time. Um. He's in such an amazing environment, and it just kind of like how it was with Freddie. It just feels very right that Matt Olson is the starting first baseman for the Atlanta Braves. I mean, he's just in the perfect spot. Yeah, he's he is fantastic. He is like the perfect replacement for Freddie Freeman, though they play relatively you know different kind of game. Uh, Olson did have a little bit of a down year defensively. Um, I think that just comes with the fact that he was playing in more important games like I know that kind of sounds absurd to just be like yeah well he was he played bad defense because his team was good but like I think it does kind of play a factor like the guy was winning gold gloves with the athletics because like you had to give him some credit (laughs) but like he was surrounded by guys doing great stuff and like it's hard to keep up with that um yeah, at least defensively. Offensively, of course, you know he almost led the way, but um, yeah, fifty-four home runs, absurd. One hundred and twenty-seven runs scored is even better as a first baseman, and one hundred and thirty-nine RBIs is actually ridiculous. Um, and like, didn't strike out over twenty-five percent like a lot of the other power hitters up near the top. Um, 
you know, walks at a super high percentage for a first baseman at 14.4%. So, yeah, I'm I'm super happy with Matt Olson. It's just, unfortunately, um, there's an MVP nominee ahead of him. <laughs> yeah, um, and, and before we jump into the MVP nominee ahead of him, um, I just realized that I, I'm looking on baseball reference here. In 2017, Matt Olson actually, he didn't hit nearly as many home runs yeah. or have nearly as many RBI, but he probably had a better overall season at the plate. Yeah, 2017 was a, a very good year for him. Or sorry, 2018. Yeah, higher slugging, higher slugging, higher OPS, higher OPS. Well, plus. in 2017, he only played 59 games. Oh, so he he wouldn't have been able to make the list, but still, he was yeah killing it. 2018 was um, a little bit of a down year. I'm sorry, did win a Gold Glove. Um, did win a gold glove, but I, this this guy at number one is just ridiculous, yep. and he probably would have been MVP if it wasn't for Ronald Acuna. His name is Freddie Freeman of the LA Dodgers. Um, he pretty much, and I, I want to double check it here because I didn't. Oh no, I did write it down. So Freddie Freeman had stats above his career averages in OBP, slugging, OPS, and batting average, and all of which stats he just crushed this year. I mean, his career averages meant nothing to him in 2023. Um, And like you said, he was an MVP nominee. So that is why Freddie Freeman was my top first baseman. Yeah, like there's so many stats to read off. And like, yeah, 7.9 F war. Amazing for a first baseman um, to be pushing 8 F war. Uh, obviously, 331 batting average is crazy. Um, you know, would have been up there. Uh, he was up there for the batting title, but Luis Arias, of course, uh, only hit singles. So kind of screwed Freddie. But a strikeout percentage at 16.6%. He's a first baseman. That is crazy. And then just the cherry on top is a first baseman having a 2020 season. 29 home runs, 23 stolen bases. Yeah, where's he getting the stolen bases from? He's like sneakily fast because he is he is all legs, so he just kind of moves far. <laughs> it's not fast. He moves. He he covers a lot of ground in a short amount of time. Oh my god! What was that one play where he's at first and he's uh he's on the mic and he's like the yeah, wind, spring the wind, training. and he just keeps running. Yeah, that was uh pretty, that was pretty fast there. Spring training. Before the 2020 season, I think. Maybe there's 2021. Wow. Oh. One of those two. Yeah. Anyway, that, that's a good point. He is a lot of legs. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Freddie was just so obviously the number one. Um, like, yeah, Matt Olson certainly gave him a run for his money, but Freddie Freeman was far and away the, the best first baseman in the league this year. Yeah. Yep, a hundred percent. And then, so the only difference we had was number five. Yeah, yeah. And that that was really like that was a matter of just expectations on my part, really. Like, yeah. you expect Paul Goldschmidt to have a better season than Josh Naylor, and then when you look at the numbers and you see that like Josh Naylor had like pretty close to as good of a season, if not better, it's kind of hard to not give him the spot to me. <laughs> uh, I mean, that, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. That was the first of many. So we're going position by position. Um, we'll go through probably the four infielders, then catcher. Then we'll hit each outfield position. Then we'll do DHs, 
utilities, and then we'll close it out by doing top 10 pitchers. That way, um, I think by then, <laughs> we will have, first of all, taken a very long time uh, to get through all of it. <laughs> but yeah, um, it'll kind of lead us into talking about next year, talking about spring training, stuff like that. Um, yep. So, yeah, like pitchers and catchers should be reporting by the time we're done with this, um, which is kind of fun. It, it's gonna it's gonna be a good way to just kind That's of crazy uh, to think about. Yeah, it's gonna be a good it's a, it's a good way to just kind of speed through the MLB off season. Um, yeah, just just talking about the last year because they were not all stuck on the normal talking points. Be like, well, who's gonna be good next year? Oh, where's this guy gonna go? I'm I'm so tired of that. <laughs> I am dude. like. Me and Colin did our way too early playoff predictions for Monday's episode. And like, I was just like saying names. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, maybe the Yankees are going to finish better than the Rangers next year. I said that. I don't know if I believe it. I just said it. Oh. Yeah, it really doesn't matter. You can be like a meteorologist. Exactly. You can just say whatever the hell you want to. I uh, It's specifically way too early. Because, like, I could just, like, even if the Yankees, like, only signed, like, a bad relief pitcher in free agency and they win 30 games, I could be like, well, I thought they were going to pick up more players. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I have to, honestly, they could pick up a bunch of good players. I'm like, but they didn't get (laughs) Otani. Which, like, if I'm saying that, like, I could have. I really should have. I should have just been like, well, like the Mets are going to make the playoffs because they're going to get Otani, but like the Giants are also going to get Otani, and so are the Dodgers and the Yankees. Like, you know, they're all going to get Otani, so they're all going to make the playoffs. I'm, now I'm wishing. Uh, I don't know. You know, <laughs> Otani doesn't always mean playoffs. That's a good point. Uh, that's actually <laughs> statistically proven. He has a 0%. Uh, 0% chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, he Dude, adds watch him go. Nothing. Watch him in his first playoff series just, like, not even hit the ball. <laughs> it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. Fucking... But also, like, we've seen I him run. play on a big stage, like World Baseball Classic Championship. It's true. Yeah, big it's stage. True. But uh, yeah. nonetheless, let's get into a little bit of soccer. Actually, quite a bit of soccer. We got two soccer segments in a row, but we start off with Premier League weekend preview. Damn, dude, there's some good matchups this week. Um, and we've actually got Premier League action all week long. Um, don't know why. I, I have so many questions about how the Premier League season is scheduled. I'm not going to ask them. But we got games Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday. We got like a almost a full slate on Wednesday. Got two good games on Thursday as well. There is literally soccer all week. Once again, don't ask me why, but there is. And um, we're only talking about Saturday and Sunday because that is technically how long this next match day goes. So the best matchup of the week, Newcastle-Manchester United. Um, it's mm. not really – I don't know if it's actually the best match of the week because, like, you could argue for, you know, Man City versus Spurs, which we'll also talk about, and Chelsea versus Brighton, which we will also talk about. But in my case, <laughs> it's the best match of the week. <laughs> um, 
Not it's gonna be a good, good one for sure. It is. It's a standalone on Saturday. Yeah, look, it's gonna be interesting. Newcastle is, man. I'm I'm like so deflated by that fucking penalty at the end of that match on Wednesday oh, or yeah. Tuesday, yeah. whatever day that fucking was. Tuesday. I, it's not a fucking penalty. <laughs> But you were very inflated with the Premier League game before that. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, baby, was I fucking on one last <laughs> weekend. Uh, kick uh, the shit out of Chelsea. Damn. Yeah. But, yeah, th- that, that result on Tuesday fucking sucks. Because, like, that that would have been a huge fucking win for qualification. Yeah, would have. Now, that, that group is still up for grabs at this point, know, isn't it? I know. Like, we have, I think us and Milan are tied on points right now. PSG has, I think we, yeah, us and AC Milan have five. PSG has seven. Dortmund's already qualified um, for the knockout stage. Crazy enough. <laughs> they already have. Um, but uh, we'll we'll talk about more of it with the, uh, the Champions League stuff because we're going to talk about some qualification updates. But... Yeah, it's a, it's an insane group right now, and and I'll go through some scenarios. But for now, Manchester United versus Newcastle. Manchester United sits at sixth, Newcastle in seventh. One point of separation between the two, despite the uh, the goal differential. Newcastle seventeen, Manchester United zero. Um, I yeah, look, it's gonna be a good match, no matter what. Like, yeah. Yeah, um, Manchester United actually in the Premier League are coming off of uh, three back-to-back clean sheets. They have a 1-0 yeah. win over Fulham, 1-0 over Luton, and then 3-0 over Everton. But I, I don't know. Something about uh, the Galatasaray game has me thinking that United, they have to be rattled. They oh, have my. to be rattled yeah. after that because that was ridiculous, dude. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like you said, Garnacho's coming off of like probably one of the greatest oh bicycle God. kicks of all time. It was insane. That was ridiculous. Did you see the meme where I sent that video of the guy where he's like, and then I swung my body? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what he looked yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah um, it was it, like, but it was a fantastic. It was bike. very Wayne Rooney esque. And then like he yeah. hits like a very like a Ronaldo celebration. Like it was Manchester United through oh, and through man. for that goal. But yeah, uh, my thing is, they don't score goals enough. <laughs> I know they scored three against Everton and three against Galatasaray. They scored one against Luton Town. So you know, hold your horses. Um, it's not like this is a revolutionary offense, and their no. leading goal scorer in the Prem is Bruno Fernandez with three goals. Um, so that's not great either. <laughs> no. Um. And like with the way that Newcastle is scoring goals right now, um, it could really be anybody from anywhere. Like, um, <laughs> that's a good point. It, that, that's a very, very good point. <laughs> like, it really can be. It's kind of crazy how different the goal scorers are in these games. But like, Alexander Isaac is obvious, obviously like the favorite to score the goals for the team. But like. If we're running out, you know, uh, a team that looks similar to what we ran out against PSG, I just don't see us losing against Manchester United. I don't either. Um, 
just just to give a quick score prediction here for this game too, because I, I I do think it's already decided. I'm gonna go Newcastle. Uh two two nil. Newcastle. Okay. Yeah. Look, yep. Newcastle does score two point four goals per match as opposed to Manchester United's one point two goals per match. Um so I'm gonna kind of just follow those predictions. I'm gonna go Newcastle two one. <laughs> nice. All right. Let's talk about your team. Big oh, match. Do we big have to. match <laughs> for uh for Chelsea. They take on Brighton on Sunday. Reese James got a red card <laughs> against Newcastle, so he's out of this one. Uh, Kukurea yep. is out of this one as well. Um, I think his was yellow card accumulation, I believe, um, for his suspension. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> Brighton is weird this season. Like, Obviously, injuries have kind of hurt him a lot. Um, you know, Solly March goes down, uh, and CISO's been out for a little bit. Um, but, like, it just seems like... Uh, like, Caicedo leaving definitely kind of hurt them uh, a little bit yep. in the midfield. Um, but, like, they had the guys to fill his role, and it just seems like it's still not quite working. Like, they're beating the bad teams... But also, like, they're drawing with a lot of bad teams. Um, and it's really hurting them. Despite the fact that they do still sit eighth in the table. Like, they're not horrible. They're not going to get relegated. They're just not quite playing up to the standard that was set last year. No, that's a good point. But I, I do want to point out that Brighton actually hasn't lost a, pr- uh, a... Well, actually, any game in all competitions since, like, October 21st. Yeah. So they they've almost gone well they've gone like a full month without um without losing um they're coming off of two wins they have a win over Forest with ten men uh, and then a win over AEK in the Europa League Chelsea I I just oh my God Grayson I don't know I I just don't know is the Premier League game before Newcastle was or was the one against City that was a four four draw thriller then we play Newcastle and we give up another four goals so. Eight goals conceded in the last two games versus Brighton, who are known to be good goal scorers. At least, you know, definitely towards the beginning of the season they were. Um, and I just, I, I don't know, I don't know what to think about Chelsea. Like you're, you're riding high off of tying, off of tying uh, City four four, and then you play Newcastle at a time where I think you and I both kind of predicted, like we didn't know if Newcastle was going to be able to beat yeah. Chelsea or not. And then we just get thrashed by them. Like, it's no competition. So, I, you know, do I want to be right or do I want to be a Chelsea fan? I'm, I'm going to be hard on my team for once. I'm going to go Brighton 1-0. Yeah. Over Chelsea. I, I do think Brighton wins. Chelsea, Chelsea has done a good job of scoring goals, though. I, I want to give them their yeah. props for kind of turning things around because – we know how it was last year, but like you have been scoring goals. Like obviously you scored one against Newcastle, but you scored four against Man City, four against Tottenham, which you called a fluke or whatever. Um, you put up two against Arsenal uh, back in October, and you put four up against Burnley back in October as well. You guys can score goals. That's not the issue now. I think it's just consistency and defense. 
Yeah. And I'm not sure where the issues are in the defense, per se. I haven't, you know, I've watched a decent amount of Chelsea. I haven't really been breaking it down. Um, but it certainly doesn't help that, you know, both the guys that started at fullback last week for you are suspended. You know, considering you were already not playing the best defense. Um, and look, Brighton knows how to score some goals. So I'm going to take. Yeah, I'm going to take Brighton 3 1. Unfortunately right. for you. No, not, yeah, not that it me. affects me. Uh, actually, yeah, I would like does. Brighton to lose because they're right behind us in the table. But, um, you know, if we win, it doesn't matter. So uh, our next matchup is a, uh, a standalone game on Sunday. Man City versus Tottenham. Big one. Big one. Tottenham this one's going to be a blowout. Is hurling down the table right now. It is bad. They were in first place. Chelsea popped the balloon. <laughs> they were in first place a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. They are now out of a Champions League spot. Like yeah. Tottenham I mean, is on a horrible decline right now. They've lost their last three matches. They lost to Villa. Yep. They lost to Wolves. And, of course, the Chelsea loss. And before that, what? They had won like five, six in a row? Uh, Four in a row. Yeah. Uh, with a draw in the middle. And then yeah. before that draw, they were two in a row. Yeah. So... Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's happened. Honestly, you know there is a couple of injury uh, injuries. Uh, Vicky Van, or uh, Mickey Vandeven has been down for a couple of weeks. He's been a great defensive player for them this season. Um, and then obviously James Madison has been uh, has been out of the lineup for I think a week now. He's not back till January, uh, and he was playing ridiculously well for the first couple months of the season. So. Yeah. Yeah, and now, like, Ivan Perisic also went down, who, like, hasn't been, like, a pivotal player in this lineup, but has certainly, you know, been a, a key contributor and a crucial, you know, first-team player. So, yeah, man, it's uh, it's interesting what's happened to Spurs. Obviously, Huangman's son is still there. He's still, you know, doing his thing. Definitely slowed down. Uh, no doubt about that. But when it comes down to it, Man City is just they're too good. They are, simply. Yeah, um, I I really I don't know what to say because it's you know looking at it now it's not like Tottenham necessarily had the worst game against Villa just not as many goals as Villa had. Um, yeah, you know your only goal is from Giovanni Lo Celso in midfield, which I think is kind of a problem. And you know I I don't know if you just mentioned it in that little um in that uh and what you just said, but James Madison being out I think has been probably the main thing for Tottenham. Yeah. Um, going forward, they just have not been able to really kind of piece together any decent attacks without him. And, you know, it's hurting Youngman's son, too, at striker. I, I don't think he's actually scored a game without James Madison at Cam. That might need to be checked on. That but, sounds right. Um, Let's just go with it. Yeah, it's <laughs> brutal. Yeah, we can just go with it. Make them sound worse. Um, and then... You know, I think you and I kind of previewed it when we were previewing um, the Villa-Tottenham game, but, like, Aston Villa were just catching Tottenham at the perfect time, and, and it was not a good time to play Aston Villa if you're Tottenham. So I definitely understand that loss there. And then on the City side is they've just been dominant. Um, 
they they haven't lost since like the first of October. Yeah, like the first week they lost to Arsenal. Yeah. That was their last loss. Ever since then, it's just been draws and wins upon wins, big wins too. They've been scoring a lot. Um, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take City three nil. Yeah, look, City played a fantastic match midweek that we'll talk about for sure uh, amongst the best matches uh, of match day five in the UCL. And it was a huge down 2-0 comeback victory, 3-2. And this wasn't even their best lineup going up against Leipzig. No. Like, you had Rico Lewis not. in the starting lineup. You had Manuel Akanji at CDM again <laughs> for some reason. You had Ortega no, in goal. Yeah. yeah. Like, that is for sure not their strongest lineup. They still look great, especially in the second half, which is kind of surprising. And it worked there. I, I think if they run, you know, they're obviously going to run something a little bit better than that. Um, and yeah, they're they're going to stop Tottenham. Uh, I think it's going to be three nil. Yep. It's just yeah, they're they're so good. It's it's kind of insane how well Man City's playing. Like we're not even talking about how good Arsenal is playing. Um, I know, but yeah, Man City. No, it's on crazy a, on a heater. Uh, other matches though this weekend, you got Arsenal top of the table versus Wolves way down near the bottom, uh, and then you got Brentford versus Luton, Burnley versus Sheffield United. Hopefully, you know maybe Burnley can get a win. Uh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> Be their second on the Wouldn't season. JJ? Yeah. Well, it, honestly, it'd be nice if they could get a draw. It would also be their second on the season. They have been by far the worst team in the league this year. Like Everton got yep. a ten point deduction and is only tied with them in points. <laughs> it's bad. Not that Sheffield oh, United's much better, but well. That one's going to be... How unlucky Everton are. There's a good chance Burnley-Sheffield United is like 1-1. Maybe. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and wow. then you got Nottingham Forest-Everton. <laughs> Another shitter. That one's on NBC. Yeah. What the fuck? Oh, lovely. <laughs> Why are they doing that to us? All the Americans get to watch that game. <laughs> that game is a standalone <laughs> game. <laughs> <laughs> on NBC, and they're putting Newcastle Man United on after it on USA. What is what after it? Oh, after okay, that's who you're saying. That's who you're saying. After wow. that game, another standalone, and it's Newcastle United. Ugh, I don't know. Okay, Sunday though, uh, you got Bournemouth versus Villa, and then you got Chelsea and Brighton. That one on USA. Um, Liverpool, Fulham, West Ham, Crystal Palace. And then uh, Man City Spurs standalone on Sunday. Uh, if you're wondering what's happening during the week, uh, don't you don't need to watch any soccer on Tuesday. Um, don't worry about it. These matchups suck. Wolves, Burnley, uh, Luton, Arsenal. Unless I guess if you want to watch Arsenal score like ten goals, um, you can put that one on on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday though, there is a lot of good matchups. Uh, you have Brighton, Brentford, uh, Crystal Palace, Bournemouth, Fulham, Nottingham Forest, Sheffield United, Liverpool. Aston Villa, Man City is a good one. Man United, Chelsea is a good one. Then Thursday, Everton versus Newcastle. Maybe not a good matchup. I'm going to watch it. Um, And then uh, you got Spurs versus 
West Ham. And then it gets into uh, the week after that. But I kind of like having some midweek matches for the Prem. It's nice. I do, I do too. Yeah, give yep. me a chance to watch some later in the afternoon matches, you know, at least, you know, U.S. time. Um, it's kind of nice. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, uh, I guess it's uh, it's time to move on to uh, the Champions League. Such a good week. Let's do it. Such a good week. Bunch of just pivotal moments for qualification here. Um, so I guess, yeah, first let's go through some of the best matchups. Uh, you got any on the top of your head? I know you talked about one at the top of the show. Yeah, I mean, Benfica enter. 3-3 draw with a uh, Benfica red card. Um, Arsenal scored six goals against Lens. <laughs> Absolutely destroyed them. Um, Real Madrid, 4-2 over Napoli. Yeah, Copenhagen pulling off a draw with Bayern. Yeah, then again, Bayern doesn't need to try. <laughs> I hope they try against Manchester United. Oh, I do too. I do, yeah. Big time. Um, awesome. Shout out Salzburg. Getting a point. Yay. Way to go, guys. <laughs> Good work. Good job, team. It was hard fought. Um, um, it took a lot of work <laughs> for them. Uh, yeah. Look, hey, man. Their, uh, their first points since uh, the first match day of the entire tournament. Um, yeah, Benfica Inter was cool. 3-3 draw, um, just wild. You had a hat trick by Yao Mario within the first 34 minutes of the game. First two goals Jesus in the first Christ. 13 minutes of the game. And then Inter just storms through Arnautovic in the 51st, Fratesi in the 58th, and Alexis Sanchez, a name that I did not think I'd be saying in 2023, scored a penalty in the 70, uh, 72nd minute to take a 3-2 lead. Or sorry, a three they uh to oh oh my god to draw the game at three three and then uh they end up holding on to it but damn like <laughs> what a second half comeback to uh to at least Dude. secure some points and um Interrelon Interrelon's yeah. fucked up for tying that game that 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 was that's been Fika's only point yeah. in the Champions League I know which is <laughs> wild because like they're a good it is team. wild. <laughs> Like yeah, it's no, not like sure. they just are full of just bums. Like it's some good players on that on that Benfica team, and like I'm sure they're in a good spot in the in you know the Portuguese league right now. What they're yep. sitting um, yeah first place. They're first wow. place in the Portuguese league right now. Oh my god, ridiculous! Yeah, it is. Uh, but um, yeah, the matches on Tuesday, some of them even better than Wednesday's matches. Um, obviously, the PSG-Newcastle 1-1 draw. God, dude. Like, I didn't even have... Like, I didn't have time to turn that one on on the TV. So I was just like... uh, Like, I pulled up, Brain. like, one of, like, the play-by-play things. Um, and it was like... This. This. Like, it was just like the ball moving around. Time's getting real close to expiring. Like, injury time's almost over. And then I just, like, it pops up and it's like VAR check penalty. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. And then, like, I go on social media to see what it is, and everybody's like, that is not a penalty. (laughs) Like, like, Tino (laughs) Livermento didn't even touch that. And then somehow VAR says it's a penalty. 
And, uh, yeah, and then Mbappe, you know, slots at home. And they get out of there with a point. It's just like, come on. Like, they played, they, okay, first of all, PSG way outplayed us in that game. So, like, the fact that we were winning for, you know, from the 24th minute all the way up until the very end of it, because there was literally eight minutes of stoppage time, PSG scored the equalizer in the 90th plus eight. Um, Like, the stats were crazy. Like, PSG had 67% of the possession. They took 31 shots, which is (laughs) insane. Uh, Not quite as many on target. Uh, It was actually, I think, a shockingly low number um, on target. But, like, on the the, uh, Champions League website, they have a stat for attacks. PSG had 93 attacks, uh, which I believe is um, making a pass within the attacking third, I believe is what that is. 93? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Opposed to Newcastle, who had 33% of the possession, five total shots, and 20 attacks. And it took them a penalty penalty to score their first It really wasn't a penalty. Like, Nick Pope had six saves oh, wow. in this match. And, yeah. Man, what a game. Yeah, they still sneak away with a fucking point, which sucks. Um, but then you also have uh, you have the Dortmund win, which was huge for us. Um, for Milan to get no points there was tremendously big uh, for us. Dortmund won that 3-1. They're playing some fantastic, fantastic games these last couple of weeks. Like yeah, especially in the Champions League, yeah, too. Two two straight wins over Newcastle, and then you get this one. But uh yeah, it's uh Chuck Wesley in the uh thirty seventh minute, the sole goal scorer for Milan, uh, but a Royce penalty in the tenth, uh a goal by uh, Royce Bino Gittens. I don't even know who that is, to be honest. Uh, and then uh, Adiemi, who's uh, getting some interest in uh, England right now. Um, yeah. For January, uh, he put up a goal in the 69th minute. I think Giroud got a goal called back uh, early in this game. Brutal. Um, no, that that Bittens guy, he's just like a young young winger. He'll probably he probably has a better ceiling than like Callum Hudson Adoy now. Okay. Yeah, 21 year old English winger. Yeah. Or sorry, not 21. 19-year-old. His national team number is 21. I don't know why it showed that before his uh, age. Um, yeah, 19 <laughs> years old. Gee, dude, that kills me. I'm now like at that age where like there are some there's quite a few professional athletes that I'm older than. That pisses me off. Especially in soccer. Yeah. Especially Yeah, you in had soccer. the kid in fucking AC Milan older than my little or younger than my little brother <laughs> making his <laughs> professional debut. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Mm. That that, that oh, man, man that man couldn't even drive about. a car by himself in America. <laughs> but he can play for AC Milan. Yeah, he sure can. Played like mm. nine minutes, but yeah, he can. didn't. Uh, Manchester United have a kid that debuted against Galatasaray. Maybe I thought they debuted some young players. I think you're right, and. I think Newcastle debuted a couple of young guys, um, not against PSG, but uh, over the weekend against Chelsea. Okay. 
A lot of young uh, players getting their debuts right now. Crap, I wanted to find out who Manchester United's young kid was because I've been hearing a lot of stuff about him. Let me uh, let me pull up their result real quick. Um, just see who got something. Let's see. Uh, is it Kobe Mayno? Kobe Mayno? Uh, it is. Yeah. Yep. How old is he? Don't know. I could pull it up. Just a second. Eighteen. Yeah. Born in two thousand and five, April nineteenth. Oh god, that kills me, dude. My god, he was born three years after me on the same month. (laughs) Jesus Christ! And yeah, that's insane. Um, maybe that's why they lost, or uh, maybe that's why they didn't win. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because of him. <laughs> Even, yeah, like I will say, two of the goals came after he came in the game. Uh oh! And he did replace uh, Sofian Amrabat, who was playing defensive midfield. Just saying, yeah. could mm-hmm. have been. It could be his fault. <laughs> and we'll just attack him online. Him I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most fucked up thing people do, though. Just like attack young <laughs> soccer really players online. Is. I'll never forget it really is. how Sokka got attacked. Um, after what was that the was that the, oh, the Euro the penalty yeah, yeah. yeah. penalty against oh, Italy. My God, dude, that was insane. It, yeah. It's just so it's horrible. It horrible. Is. Yeah, that is one thing. Like, obviously, there is a very like that happens in American sports, um, for sure. And people just like heckle the players, but uh, yeah. it doesn't seem like there's ever a player that 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 is that young doing something on that big of a stage in, in American sports. No, yeah, almost never. Yeah, uh, which is kind of crazy. Never. But uh, let's go through uh, the groups and just talk about who's qualified with only one match day to go. Uh, Bayern, yeah. obviously qualified, thirteen points, uh, but. Copenhagen and Galatasaray both have five points. Manchester United has four points. And I believe Copenhagen and Galatasaray play each other. Yes. And all I'm going to say right now, if Copenhagen and Galatasaray tie and United wins, I'll never watch another Champions League match ever again. I'm going to be so (laughs) mad. Because Bayern, I mean, I know what Bayern Bayern looks like right now, but... In Old Trafford, they got to at least draw, and they can draw. It, to me, it it, it sounds kind of like a trap game. It, it, it sounds like it United could make a story here, but at the same time, who knows? It would be really nice though, like if you're Bayern, to just like go undefeated in your group. That would be nice. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what they should strive for. Yes, I agree. Uh, so yeah, Group Group A. Uh, you know, the last three spots, uh, definitely all over the place. Um, yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see yeah. what happens. But definitely my my personal favorite for sure, Group A. Yeah, Group A has been great. Uh, Group B, not quite as much. Uh, Arsenal and PSV have already uh, qualified, I believe, um, because yeah, Lens is okay. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I guess PSV Lens has qualified. Good. I thought Lens could. Uh, it qualify. looks like they. Wait, what? I'm so confused. Yeah, because they're only three points behind. 
but it shows on the Champions League's website that they're qualified. That's bizarre. Yeah. I wonder why. Like they do what's have the, a four goal difference. difference. Yeah, it's a it's a four difference. Eh. A four goal difference. Um, but you know, that doesn't mean they're technically qualified. Um so that's yeah. kind of weird. I don't know huh. why that is. Interesting. Okay. Um, uh yeah, and like they don't even play each other. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but Sevilla better uh, better beat Lens because if Sevilla beats Lens, they'll have they already have a better goal differential, and then Sevilla can get what they want and then go to the Europa League instead of having nothing. Yeah, that's been the plan this whole time. That's why they haven't won a single game in this group. Yep, <laughs> that's exactly why. Yeah, that's why they sacked oh, their man. manager like two months ago. Uh, group C though. Still a spot up for grabs. Real Madrid, of course, uh, flawless, 5-0, and uh, 15 points through this group. And, uh, yeah, Braga's got a chance. Um, I doubt Union Berlin uh, is going to get the win they need to go to the Europa League. Probably best they don't, uh, honestly, with how bad they're playing in Germany. But yeah. uh, Braga and Napoli, uh, it would have to be a big win uh, for Braga. Because they are three goals behind in goal differential right now, but they do play each other, so uh, it could be a big one. Oh, it's gonna be a good one. Yeah, big big match there. Uh, Group D though, uh, Real Sociedad and Inter have already clinched uh, the top two spots. Benfica technically has a chance <laughs> to go to the Europa League. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're not gonna. I, I I hope they aren't. Honestly, no. I, uh, yeah. For their sake. Yeah, I hope Salzburg doesn't lose 4-0. That would suck. Dude, yeah, and Benfica then... Benfica um, has given up 10 goals. In five, five match matches. days? like two, two goals per game. That's not good. Well, I guess, okay, well, uh, Celtic has given up 14. Speaking of, let's get to Group B. <laughs> e. uh, yeah, Athletic of Madrid uh, and Lazio have already clinched those. Decided, right? uh, yeah. Uh, well, I guess Group D is uh, close. But yeah, uh, Group E, yeah. yes, it is fully decided. Atletico Madrid and Lazio are moving on. Feyenoord going to the Europa League. And Celtic is going back to Scotland. Yeah, you know what? Shout out Feyenoord for getting six points in this group. I mean, yeah, Celtic is, just, despite Celtic, you know, being just completely shit on, that's still a very hard place to go and play. And they mm-hmm. always play their teams hard. So, yeah, shout out Feyenoord. Definitely. Uh, and then you have the uh, the group of death itself. Dortmund clinches a spot. Um, they could technically end up second. Um, I don't think that really affects anything because everybody just gets put in a draw, right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, yep. it's not even a big deal. It's not like any, you know, American sports where they're seeding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, Dortmund is already clinched uh, to move on. But yeah, this one could get mixy. It's it is interesting for sure. I really need Dortmund to beat PSG because <laughs> yeah. like yeah, okay. I certainly think we can beat Milan. That's that's not the issue here. Um, the problem is I need PSG to draw or lose um, for Newcastle to move on because. If we it, it, like, if we draw with Milan, we'll go to the Europa League. 
it's whatever. If we win, I'd like to go to the Champions League. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, that I, would I would, suck I would to hate... win and not go. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, look, PSG, if they draw, um, they'll they'll still only have a one goal differential, um, and they'll be at eight points. And uh, in that case, we would have to win by two uh, to move on. Yeah. So it's um, big. It's a big, big week. I, ideally, you know, in my perfect world, I would have liked to have seen Newcastle and Milan both be in a position to both go yeah. instead of Dortmund and PSG. But I, I'm definitely, I am pulling for you. I'm, I'm pulling for the tunes, Grayson. I'm, I'm, I'm on your side in this one. I would, <laughs> I would absolutely love to see Newcastle make it to the Champions League yeah. at the expense of PSG. It would be, oh uh, my god, uh, something that uh you can couldn't even come up with. You couldn't, you can't make that shit up. Dude, the Emir of Qatar, he he's not going to any Europa League games. Oh, but he's think done. about it. this is this is Saudi Arabia versus Qatar right here. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Look at that. Oh man. Who's got more money? I got a hint. <laughs> it ain't Qatar. It's they don't have Qatar. enough oil. <laughs> yeah, let's exactly. start talking geopolitics. Um yep. yeah, that's enough of Group F because I might actually start talking geopolitics. Uh, yeah, Group G, <laughs> real close to being decided, but technically Red Star does have uh, a, a fighting chance, uh, and that fight will come against Man City, uh, so they don't have a chance at all. But Man City, uh, nice 5-0 and to join Real Madrid in that group. But, uh, yeah, and then Leipzig has won every other game except against Man City, uh, which is impressive <laughs> in its own right. Um, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. uh, you had young I mean, boys just uh, – all they had to do was draw Red Star and then beat them and <laughs> just about got them to the Europa League. So um, <laughs> that's that's pretty solid. So as long <laughs> as, oh, long as <laughs> young boys doesn't lose and Red Star doesn't beat <laughs> Man City by three goals, <laughs> young boys will be going to the Europa League. Um, oh, wow. And then uh, in Group H – uh, obviously Antwerp is just uh, shit out of luck. They didn't put up a single point uh, thus far, and I believe they'll be playing Barcelona next week. Yes, they will. Conceded the most goals, too, out of anybody yeah, so 12, far. 12 goals conceded. Makes sense when you have zero points. Um, Holy shit. I, I just realized Manchester United's given up 14. Yeah. they're They're literally up there with Celtic and Antwerp. That's fucking awesome. Andre anyway, Onana is very bad. And he's way worse <laughs> in the Champions League than anything. It seems like all of, these, all of these like big moments where like all the Man United fans are getting pissed off at Andre Onana have all come from Champions League matches. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man. But, yeah, Group H, uh, Barcelona sits at the top with 12 points. They lost one match. Um, I believe Porto. Um Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, no, I think they lost no, to they, Shakhtar. Yeah, they did. They lost to uh, Shakhtar yeah. uh, match day four. Um, so, I mean, who do you want here, Portugal or Ukraine? That's pretty much where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, who do I want to lose in their first match in the knockout stage? Hmm. <laughs> uh, I probably go Porto. Yeah, they score more goals. Yeah. Uh, it would have been a lot better if uh, either Porto or Shakhtar was playing Barcelona. Yeah. 
Because then you could potentially have had it to where Barcelona didn't make it at all. Yeah, that would be nice. It flipped. It definitely would. But that's n- not how the gods yeah. drew it up. Either way, you know, one of these teams will go to Europe, uh, since obviously Antwerp is not. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's the update right now. So only a few spots up for grabs. Uh, you got, what, one, two, three, four, four spots for the knockout stages up for grabs. It's going to be interesting. Um, let's see. So we'll have those matches. The The next round of matches will be two weeks from now, uh, I believe. And then um, Monday, December 18th, will be the draw for the round of 16. On the 18th? Yeah, December 18th. Gotcha. That seems so far away. It does. But when you think about it, like they just do everything in two weeks every time. So it's like... Week yeah. on, week off for the Champions League, so it, it kind of just flies by. That is true. That is true. Well, because, like, yeah, the, the next matches will be, I think, the 12th and the 13th of December, which is only two weeks away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, true, but, true. Yeah, that's, uh, that's all for the Champions League. Luke, we've kind of flown through this episode, but uh, I believe it's questions time. Hey, questions time. Uh My favorite. Who's going first? Um I got it. Okay. Let's we got hear. it. So we just got done talking about soccer, so I will um I have a lot of just like opinion um all time questions here is kind of what I do. Okay. Um I'm gonna go I'm gonna go MLB. Who's your favorite closing pitcher of all time and why? Ah, man. And the, the only reason I asked you this position is because I don't hear you talk about, like, all-time closing pitchers a lot. Yeah, well, like, the thing is, is like, Mariano Rivera is obviously the best. Um, The one I have the biggest connection to is Craig Kimbrell. Um, yeah. You know, Turner Field, Thunderstruck comes on. You know what the fuck is up, bro. But... um. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I guess. I guess I'd have to go Kimbrel just because, like, he's the the primary like dominant starting or dominant closing pitcher that I got to watch a lot. Just because that that was the games that were on in my house growing up. Um, yeah. Yeah, because like I kind of like I caught like, kind of the tail end of Mariota Rivera's career. Um, I do love Josh Hader. He's just fun to watch. Okay, um, is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'll have to go Kimbrel for that. All right. I will say I like nice. uh, Eric Gagne. I just like watching him pitch. Okay. That was an interesting awesome. question. I've never really had to think about that one. <laughs> well, I'm glad. All right. Well, um, yeah, let's talk NFL. Now that we are well past the halfway point in the season... I'm asking this question again. Who is the NFL MVP? I I honestly was kind of hoping that you would come back to this question yeah. so that we could talk about it. Um, <clears throat> it it's got to be Tyree Killer McCaffrey, right? I think there's somebody you're forgetting. Are they a quarterback? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, CJ Stroud. No. Yeah. Dak Prescott. What? Oh, duh. Uh, shit. Shit. You're <laughs> sleeping on really Dak. Me there. I, I am sleeping okay, on Dak. Okay, well, CJ, CJ definitely has a claim uh, at the moment, but Dak has been crazy. And, like, this stretch yeah. has been huge for him. Yeah, I want to look at um, – yeah, 23 touchdowns, six interceptions. Um, let's let's see his last five. Uh, so he hasn't thrown a pick in two games. Uh, he threw a pick against the Giants, but only one, and he also had four touchdowns. Uh, had a three-touchdown no-pick game against Philly and then a four-touchdown one-interception game the game before against the Rams. Yeah, he's been – like just creaming teams. Yeah. Pause. <laughs> Pause for cream. Yeah, you said he's been creaming, creaming on teams. teams. Who's who's your MVP? I think it's Dak uh, at the moment. Uh, really? Maybe I'm just being wowed by the last couple of weeks, but it's just big performance after big performance, and I think that kind of that does it for me. Well, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I, he's already at thirteen hundred yards. The only problem is that he's not a quarterback, and and I'm thinking of this from the perspective of whoever the fuck is uh, deciding this award, the the Associated Press. I think. Yep, that's the perspective I always look at the MVP award for. Offensive Player of the Year got to be Tyreek Hill right now. Yeah, yep, but yep, yeah, I, I think, and I think McCaffrey's a, a close second. Just, you know, missing a little bit of time, one tough game. Um, that kind of holds him back. But um, nonetheless, sure. he's definitely up there. Uh, next question, though. What you got? Yeah. Um, so you went NFL. I got to go back to soccer. Um, let's talk about best center back pairing of all time. Okay. Across all leagues. Okay. It, it can it's, be- is it the best or is it our favorites? Uh, let, let's try to debate the best. Okay. Um, and I have... I'm going to go for a relatively modern one. Okay. And I'm going to go Tiago Silva and David Luiz. Really? Yeah. See, I would argue that... Well, Tiago Silva and Marquinhos might have been a better one. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Chiellini Buffon. Wait, what? Jorginho Chiellini and Buffon? Or no. Oh my, Benucci. Sorry. Benucci. Okay. Benucci, I was about to say, Buffon. did you say yeah, corner <laughs> or center back goalkeeper <laughs> and I just missed it? And I sound like an idiot now. Okay. No. Okay. No, no, no. I was wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Giorgio Ramos Veron. Yeah. Yeah. That one's good. Up there too. Um, like Sergio Ramos probably has a couple of different people you could put him with in his time at Real Madrid. Yeah, maybe Pepe. Pepe was good. him and Pepe was a fantastic duo for sure. <laughs> what a what Red a card! You just don't want to play over the those place, guys. dude. <laughs> yes, you could. Uh, uh, PK and Charles Puyol. Yeah. Yep. That was a really good duo. That's a good one. Uh, Maldini Nesta, yeah, probably I would say yeah. probably is the best of all time. Probably is the best. Let's uh, let's go Premier League today. Premier Who do you League think right has the best? Now? Yeah, 
a lot of people run three at the backs right now, but like, um, damn, that's tough. Like a lot of teams have one really good one and one like pretty good one. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's like yep. Man City, like Ruben Diaz, obviously insane. And the same kind of goes for Liverpool where it's like Virgil van Dijk is insane. But then like, he just has like a cast of characters around him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of somebody that just has like two straight up good cor- like center backs. Uh, you, you almost said cornerback. I know. Cause I think of C uh, at first. Arsenal, Liverpool city. Arsenal is Newcastle United. Newcastle United and Manchester United are top five in least amount of goals conceded. Okay. I think Arsenal, when it comes down to just a duo, two straight up, I think they might have the best. Yeah, probably. All right. Your turn. Yeah. Okay. Um, Baseball. Uh, Since we're starting to do these positional rankings – we're talking about the top fives. Who is a player that really disappointed you with how they played in 2023? Yeah, are you really asking a Yankees fan? Though? I am, because there's so <laughs> many to choose from. I think your um, obvious answer would be Carlos Rodon, but um, I think there's some options. I, I would say I, I'm a little bit disappointed in Manny Machado. Yeah, and I know he got hurt as well, but he was a guy that like I don't know. I just think the MLB is a lot of fun when he's playing very very well. Especially ever since he left Baltimore, I can actually like you know like him. I, I love Manny Machado, and he yeah. just hasn't you know he wasn't really it last season. Yeah, um, I still hate Manny Machado uh, at all times. Yeah, um, I mean that that's fair. Yeah, the the Pedroia slide, uh, a big part of that. But um, Hang on, I actually I have a list of players that fit this. Go ahead. I'm I just looking for I, something. I would have definitely guessed you would have said Josh Donaldson. Is he really like? Is he supposed to be good? He's anymore? supposed to be better than he was. That's fair. That's for sure. <laughs> that is fair. Uh, I think there's definitely yours? quite a few pitchers. Um, like Tyler Glasnow um, was one for me that I was super high on going into the season. I don't know if you remember this. I picked him to win AL Cy Young. He was not uh, with good. who? Tyler Glasnow. Yeah, yeah, that one didn't quite work. Um, nah, he had some flashes though. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's okay. Yeah. Um, um, Lance Lynn. Very disappointing season from Lance Lynn. Uh, Jazz Chisholm. Yeah. Oh, Pro- yeah. That might be the that might yeah, that, that might be the top one. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I, I don't know if you remember, but on one of our podcasts, I asked you um eleven underperformers uh who can make a difference in the postseason. So like yeah. there are guys on here like Byron Buxton, um Jazz Chisholm, yeah, uh Carlos Correa, Ty France, Vladdy, Cedric Mullins, Vladdy, uh, Aaron definitely Nola up there for me for under. Or for you know disappointing, you know underperforming. Yeah, because like once again, I had him as my AL MVP. Yep. 
<laughs> yeah, well, we we both had Anthony Volpe as our AL MVP or something or like that. AL didn't Rookie we? of the Year, yeah. Rookie of the Year. Just yeah. and I only did um, Volpe because I didn't want to go with the obvious answer in Gunnar Henderson, which would have been the correct answer. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I would have I would have um, looked real good in those preseason <laughs> things if I had taken uh, if I had taken the guys that I wanted to. Uh, yeah, over the guys um, that I thought would sound good. Yeah, and and just to round out this list, we had uh, Jeremy Pena, um, uh, Talion, the Cubs, Jamison yeah, Talion, uh, uh, Rowdy Telez, and Kyle Wright. Yeah, well, Kyle oh, Wright, was but hurt. yeah, Jazz Chisholm, yeah. Jazz Chisholm for sure, for sure. Yeah, I think Braves, Braves wise for me, like you know, we played so fucking well all year. It's kind of hard to pick somebody that underperformed in particular. <laughs> I will say, Sean Murphy uh, sucked in the second half of the season. Um, so that was disappointing. He yeah, didn't he, play bad all year because like, he was like straight up one of the best players in the league going into the All-Star game. But um, bad second half. Same goes for Bryce Elder. Two All-Stars uh, last year. I think they both had disappointing seasons considering the second half. Um so that's probably my two Braves that I could think of. Okay. Um, I, I'm really excited about this question. Okay. This is going to make you think. NFL, what is your – or who is your favorite team to have – to? they didn't win the Super Bowl that season, but you have to give the team in the season they didn't win the Super Bowl in. Like you're just a team that you thought was good or a team that you liked. I think I have a very easy option here. Uh, what about ones that didn't go to the Super Bowl? <laughs> okay, cool. That makes it a whole lot easier. Um, very, uh, actually, it doesn't. It doesn't because a lot of those teams that like I can think of, even like non-Falcons teams, like that year when the Panthers went fifteen and one, lost to the Broncos in the Super oh, Bowl. That yeah. was super fun to watch. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think. Um, man, I I really can't think of one at the moment. Well, I well, I, I guess I like uh, now nah, that team went to the Super Bowl a couple of times. Yeah, I don't um, know. I can't uh, really think of one. A shout for me would be um the Chargers in in like the past like forever years. years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think um, I, I can't really pinpoint a particular year, but. Philip Rivers, Antonio Gates, years. Some of those teams were really fun to watch. Yeah, uh, Tony Romo on the Cowboys. Yeah, never even played in a Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, like, oh yeah, dude. Like Tony Romo, Des Bryant, Demarco Murray. That that uh, trio. Oh, the the team that lost to the Packers yeah. when Des caught the ball. Yeah. Yeah. No, that would that was what like twenty. 13 or 12 maybe yeah cowboys team um i i know a, a one for me definitely would be the uh 2014 nfc championship uh packers team that lost yeah. to the seahawks in that crazy comeback that packers team was crazy yeah honestly so was the um, packers team that lost to the falcons in the uh, nfc championship game yeah yep and so was the Steelers that lost a couple hours later to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. Yeah. Also, the Jaguars <laughs> with Blake Bortles. 
Yeah, that one would have been interesting. Yeah, imagine they made the Super Bowl. That would have been crazy. Yeah, and then who would they have played? The Rams? The Rams. Yeah. That was the Rams and Patriots Super Bowl, wasn't it? No. The one that was like 10-3? to 3? I thought it was an earlier year than that. I could be wrong. No, that, that would have been 2017. Yeah, it was the 2017-2018 season, so yeah. Yep. Damn. That's crazy. That Steelers team, the 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 AFC Divisional, we had the bye week going in, and it was actually um, – we had uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Bell, and Brown all healthy at the same time in the playoffs, which was we already couldn't rare. couldn't beat Bortles. Couldn't beat Bortles. We were playing uh, catch-up at Heinz Field. Yeah. <laughs> I, heard, I heard that joke a lot. Nice. I heard I uh, heard that one a lot. Yeah, you got beat by Blake Bortles, um, a young Jalen Ramsey, a young Leonard Fournette. Wow. AJ Aboye was on yep. that team too. He was, he was crazy team. alongside. Oh fuck! Uh, what was that Campbell. guy's name? The linebacker, Tevin uh, Smith. Is that yeah, Tevin Smith. Jags? Yeah. Uh, Miles Jack would have been on that team too. Um. Good fuck. Yeah, they were crazy. And you know what's cra- like if you would have told me as a Steelers fan if I didn't watch it, hey, the Steelers scored 42 points at home against the Jaguars and Ben Roethlisberger broke every Steelers quarterback single game playoff record there is to break. But you guys lost by 3 points. Yeah. <laughs> uh crazy. damn. Yeah. That was a that was a long question, but It was. Yeah. All right, well, the final question um brings me back go. to soccer. What team that is qualified is a dark horse to make a deep run in the Champions League? Oh, let me let me go back and look at my teams here. <clears throat> so here I can kind of give you a list here. So you got Bayern out of Group A, Arsenal and PSV out of Group B, Real Madrid in mm-hmm. Group C, Real Sociedad and Inter in Group D, Atletico Madrid and Lazio in Group E. Dortmund in Group F, Man City, Leipzig in Group G, and Barcelona in Group H. Um, a dark horse to make a run? I, I would say it's between three. Okay. Or actually, maybe just two. Uh, I'm going to go Lazio and Real Sociedad. They look really good this season in the Champions League especially. Yeah. Um, and out of all the teams that have qualified – those would probably be my dark horses. Like if, if honestly, depending on who goes through, if it's Copenhagen or Galatasaray, I would probably put one of them to be it too. Um, Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to gauge some of these because it's like Galatasaray had to play Bayern twice and the same goes for Copenhagen. So it's like, yeah, their numbers are kind of skewed. And like the same goes for like Napoli. Napoli isn't even a team that's been, you know, qualified yet. They could be great for all we know. Yeah, um, I, I would have gone with Leipzig, but they've only beat Young Boys and Red Star. Yeah, exactly. It's like a tough one so, to go with. Yeah, yeah. And then, I like, of course, really a dark horse. You know, anybody out of Group F honestly could make a, a decent run. There's no telling. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, uh, I think that's it. Wow. That was a fantastic first episode, episode of uh, Luke in 1080. Yeah, it's nice. Nice. It is nice to have. <laughs> I will say. 
Sure, it's better to, better to look at. You could actually tell you're talking to a human instead of like some yeah. AI bot. Yeah, a lot of times I'm talking to like a map on Super Mario 64. <laughs> I'm talking to like Steve in Minecraft. Yeah. Um, but oh, man. I know uh, I was actually looking at my uh, Spotify wrapped for podcasters. Um, oh. Looking at all the, the info. Um, we actually have more listeners on Spotify than I thought. And it got me thinking, why why are those people not rating five stars on Spotify? It's crazy, right? Ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it's a function that has been added in, like, the last year. And all you have to do is listen to three episodes. And, like, I know you've done that before. Uh, so then you just rate it five stars. It's so simple. Um, but I also want to see... That I show up and we show up, everybody here at Second and Short shows up on your Spotify wrapped. I don't personally use Spotify, um, so I couldn't give a flying fuck. But I do love Same. all of the listeners on Spotify. I love all the listeners on Apple. And I really love the listeners on YouTube who are watching me do this right now, looking at this uh, Sherpa-lined flannel that I'm wearing um, and Luke's beautiful camera. With his, uh, them dogs, them dogs as hell, hell. crew neck. <laughs> um, yes. So yeah, look, we appreciate everybody. Um, and, uh, we're closing in on, uh, the end of uh, a year, which is awesome. You know, obviously one year, second short wrapping up, but just a year in general, um, that has all been documented through second and short, uh, which is super cool. So it is keep in mind. Obviously, rating five stars on Apple and Spotify, liking, subscribing, commenting um, on YouTube, turning on post notifications, whatever it may be. Uh, I'm going to have a little bit of extra free time. Just going to put this out there. So make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube. Things may be coming. We'll see. Maybe. We'll see. I'm not I'm not promising. I've learned my lesson with promising uh, making more yeah. content because that I, if I say it, I get 10 times busier. <laughs> so not doing that, but uh, yeah. I would like to do more. Hopefully I will have the time. If not, we'll make things work. But for now, like I said, do all the ratings and the liking and the subscribing. And of course, follow us on all these wonderful social media platforms below us on the screen or visit the link tree. Uh, wherever you're listening, you can find access to the link tree um, and then follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, join the Reddit. Uh, I, okay. So I want to turn questions time into, we pull Reddit questions. That's what I, I want it to become. That'd be cool. Less work for us. Yeah. <laughs> but also I want to get like outside perspectives. Cause like a lot of times, like I'm sitting here writing these questions. I'm like, this is just like a regurgitated version of something I asked two weeks ago. Um, yeah. I want somebody else's perspective on these questions and, um, that would be the best place to get them. So just go onto the Reddit r slash two N D a N D short. Um, and, uh, post those questions, whatever you're wondering about, honestly, maybe not sports. Don't ask me about something weird. Yeah. Honestly, please don't yeah. ask weird things. Uh, no, ask the weird things. Don't get too weird. <laughs> And don't include pictures. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, oh, go man. in there, ask some questions, and uh, we'll start doing it. We got uh, a, a few different little things coming that uh, maybe take a little bit of time, but um, I'm excited to see. Dude, we could start doing uh, fan shout-outs yeah. before the question. Uh, like easy. so-and-so. For sure. Look at that fan interaction. Yeah, I would gladly shout them out uh, unless their name is not appropriate. Uh, but this intro is dragging on way too long. So, guys. You already know it's an what the outro. deal is. It's not even an intro. Yeah, make sure you share everything. <laughs> share it everywhere. Luke is bothering me now, so we're gonna have to. <laughs> we're, we just have to sign off now. It just made him fold. You just folded. Um, <laughs> so, uh, guys, we will catch you guys next week. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the football. Enjoy the uh, you know whatever what everybody else calls football. And um, yeah, catch y'all later. Peace.